joined here by Mateo. Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. I've been looking forward to doing this for a while now. You want to get a little closer to the mic? Like, oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. Do you hear it in the headphones? How it gets yeah. louder in you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you want me over there. here, hey? Yeah. What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> How's your day? It's good, man. Uh, I've just been running back and forth in between meetings, and now I'm here. I, I like the setup you have here, man. Like, this is, this is fucking sick, especially for Calgary. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever seen anyone set up like a, a podcast studio in Calgary like this, like out of their own house. Like this this is fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. The inspiration behind it just yeah. doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> how what about you? Give us a little background, give the audience a little background on like what you what you do. Sure. What so you are. um I own Herba. Herba is a full service marketing firm out of Calgary. Uh we do a lot of work for brands like Papa John's, OPA, um, we do a lot of local restaurants here as well. Dealerships like Mercedes-Benz, Country Hills. Um, a lot of the work that we do specializes in branding um, as well as advertising campaigns. So we can create on full, we can create full-on video advertisements for clients, influencer campaigns, so on and so forth in order to create something that resonates with our audience. Um, beyond that, Urban has the capability of developing like iOS apps, web apps that are kind of like targeted from a UX perspective of, of like how their audience interacts with their platform in order to like get to a certain call to action. And beyond that, we just launched um, Pasta Ghost Kitchen called Pasta Salute last month. And that's been exciting. That's been exciting to watch grow. And we have really big plans for that. That's the uh, photo shoot. Yeah, that was that was where you were at last night. We like talk, the day, yeah. Can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, that was so much fun. I didn't even realize it was you. Yeah. It's the funniest thing because I walk in, I'm like, oh, hey guys. And you're looking at me like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> and I was like, and because you know when you meet someone, right? Yeah. And then they give you an impression like they know you, but like I hadn't met you. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, this guy has like such a good first impression. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm talking to you like, yo, I can't wait for the podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh, say a word. <laughs> no, man. You saw the Drew hoodie, man. I'm like, oh, it's Josiah for sure. But dude, yeah. all your, every post you have is like you rock in some sort of Drew merch, man. Like, you're like a walking billboard. I really am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing though is I have only found one person in Calgary who has Drew. Yo, I, I bought some fake shit off AliExpress that still hasn't come in though. Oh, it's given it about <laughs> six months. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, always, I've wanted to buy stuff, man. I just haven't like, I've, I haven't done the research to figure out when the drops are. So I've just stopped caring. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah. Just, they literally posted on their uh, Instagram. Yeah. I just, just like, the, like two years ago, man, I was all into Supreme and shit. And like, I'd fucking be following every drop and try to resell shit. Right. But I'm way too busy now. Like, I, Yo, I love yeah. that. I love that game. I love that culture, but Maybe in like two years, my time's a little bit more freed up. I'm going to get back into it. So many people bought that though. Yeah. Like botting is insane. They dropped a bike. And I was like, oh, I want to buy that bike. The resale price would be insane. Yeah. And one of my buddies did that, man. Bought. Yeah. Like bought? They, they, they would bought Supreme's website and resell. It's, it's good money. It's insanely good money. Yeah. <laughs> if you got a bot going on, that's insane. <laughs> like 10 out of 10. Something I want to ask you, yo, your Instagram handle. I went to Harvard. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yo, How like did a, you get it? It was so I was driving with my buddy back from Kelowna like four or five years ago. And my I had like a I had like a decent Instagram name at the time, but I wanted to kind of rebrand. And that's like when Herbos was, was, was kind of popping off as well. So I kind of like started thinking about my own personal brand. And I spent like three hours in the car ride just thinking of like really dumb names. And like everything nice is already taken. And I went to Harvard, was just like open. I thought it was ironic as fuck. <laughs> and I thought it helped me get me. I thought like I thought it'd be a conversation opener for a lot of things, right? So I kind of went for it. Yeah, no, I'm surprised it wasn't taken. Yeah, I'm like very surprised. Dude, there's a lot like that. Like, there's like I went to prison. I went to Yale. There's like, <laughs> if you you can get really clever, oh, yeah. there's really fucking uh, long. But I think it's funny. 
Yeah, when because I saw you reposted something, and I was like, I went to Harvard. I thought it was a meme page. Yeah, because you know, like that's just like a meme page name. Bro, I'm trying. To, I'm I'm a living meme, man. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're an interesting guy. So you've been doing Herba. Yeah. Have you always been doing businesses? Uh, my first business w- was when I was 15 with my, so Herba has three people, Alan, myself, and Vlad. Um, me and Alan have known each other since, since grade seven. And have you heard of Maple Story? Yeah. Yeah. So we played a lot of Maple Story. That's how we, we, we became oh, friends. You came Maple Story? Yeah, bro. That, 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 that shit's way it. too much fun. And <laughs> it hit different. <laughs> <laughs> we opened up, um, so when private servers first came up for Maple Story, we were one of the first people to jump on that shit. And we launched Final Story. And that was like the number one server at the time for like a good two years until we got churned off by Nexon for like copyright issues. Because like the whole thing is like, um, even though like run, even though reverse engineering the server part was legal, um, we were running off their game, which is whole, which creates a whole, whole bunch of copyright issues. So yeah, the lawyers came knocking down. I was like a 17 year old at the time and I had to shut down. But like, Back then, man, like we had like over 300K registered. Um, we'd have like a thousand to 2000 concurrent users online at the same time and shit. Like we were doing some crazy stuff. And like that experience taught me a lot about like, I don't know, like HR, managing people, um, creating a platform that people actually want to be a part of, understanding quality control and like making it enjoyable for people to actually come to our server versus other people's servers, marketing, influencer marketing, right? All these like things that didn't exist back like back yeah, in the day, yeah. we were, were kind of doing like all like the big YouTubers for like Maple Story, man, like- <clears throat> We made them all GMs in our game and we got them posting about Final Story, which is part of how we blew up. And that was that. It was just, we were just super aggressive when it came to marketing and we knew how to, we knew how to create an environment where our shit wasn't as, wasn't as, um, it wasn't as easy as everyone else's, which made it more fun. But after, after that, um, I went to school for CompSci because then I was, I was just sold on making money off the internet and I, I finished in 2015, uh, worked as a software engineer for like two years after school. And then Urba's kind of happened as an accident, but I rolled with it. As an accident? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I get into detail about that. Yeah, man. Like my, uh, so my friend and his girlfriend had a food blog called Cal Town Chow. I made downtown chow just to fuck with them. <laughs> and I realized food bloggers in like Calgary, they're good, but like their photo quality wasn't the best per se. And no one was like really shooting food properly. And I'm not a foodie by any means, but... What I did was I took Chantel's camera and I started learning how to shoot photos and I would shoot restaurants every fucking day. I took it, I, I took it very personally. It became competitive between me and them at this point. <laughs> and obviously I'm not a dick, man. I, I approached, I, I, I still love Hilmi. Like Hilmi's like the, the guy I was um, kind of competing against, but like I approached Hilmi. I'm like, Hey man, like this downtown chow shit is popping off. Like I'd love for you to be a part of it, blah, blah, blah. But he had other things going on at the time, but so yeah, what happened was we grew to like 5K in two months. And I saw I saw a model that we could probably replicate throughout. We could I saw a service model that we could replicate to other restaurants. So all the things that we're doing, like brand voice or content strategy or these buzzwords, yeah. we kind of broke them down to services. And I started pitching to different restaurants saying, hey, I have this really fast page growing. I can post you on my account, but I can grow your account as well. I can do all your imagery, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly I had two clients. At that point, I approached Alan and my friend Dan at the time. And I told him like, hey, man, like this thing makes money. I know we're all working jobs, but I know for a fact we all want to quit and we want to do our own <laughs> shit. And we've already we've already tasted the Holy Grail like at one point of our lives. Yeah. So like, let's run with this shit and try to, sk- try to scale the fuck out of it. And they were down. So that went well. And like, 
we we started we started growing off and then we realized like we just want to we didn't want to just be just food because what we were doing could be done towards so many other sectors and so many other like businesses that the name Herba came around. And Herba is like the first four letters of Urban. So like we created like a bunch of like Herba accounts on Instagram to kind of like they're more they're meant to be more so like brand awareness pieces. But like we try to offer news and interesting things to do within the cities and our taglines like make more because we're trying to like we realize like a place like Calgary. It's people that make Calgary interesting. Calgary itself is still young and still hasn't developed a good identity. So we're trying to say like, make more of Calgary, like make more of everything that's in Calgary, make more disruption, make more hype. Like it's up to us to make more. That's our entire company ethos. And then um, Vlad just recently joined the company. Like I'd say like during, during quarantine and me and him have been friends since like a year ago. And I, I really loved what he was doing with work more. And I knew one day I wanted to work with this guy in one way or another. It just happened to be that, we came to an agreement that we were both kind of doing the same thing, both working at the same office. And we just said, yo, instead of like competing, let's just collab and fuck shit up together. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of my story. That's actually like inspirational. No, no, but. What do you mean? No, <laughs> no, dude, there's, dude, there's people doing way crazier shit, man. Like Kid Leroy's like fucking, he's like 17 or 18. Who? The, the Kid Leroy, like that oh, rapper. Kid Leroy, yeah. yeah. Hey, that, 17. Yeah, bro. That kid's fucking inspirational. He came from like That's he facts. came from like the slums of like Australia and he's fucking killing like like he's killing the game. How did where did he even come from? All I saw him, I saw Logan Paul direct one of his music videos, and he just he has so many people backing him right now. It's insane. So from what I know, I could be wrong. Um what's that uh lyrical lemonade? I'm pretty sure they discovered him and Juice World found him afterwards and Juice World blew him up. That's what I know oh, about that's okay, what I know about okay. his story. I've seen that some of his music videos have like the milk yeah. carton. But Lyrical Lemonade, that's, that's a fucking interesting uh, business model as well. Like the, I was watching, uh, I think the guy's name is Cole Bennett. I was, I was listening to a podcast with him. That guy, man, just, wow. Like just listening to his story and his come up, like that shit's inspiring. Like what we're doing, man, is like one tenth of like what, <laughs> what the actual world potential is. Like, we have such a long way to go, but. Well, we'll get in there slowly. slowly. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll build up to it, man, for sure. But. There's so much content going on in Calgary right now. It's insane. No, I like it. I like the come up in Calgary, man. There's a lot of interesting people here that people don't know about. And that's what you were kind of telling me at the photo shoot as well. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of interesting shit going on here. Yeah. Like I was, I was trying to tell you as much as I could. Yeah. So I'm like, I know it. Like, I was like, there's so much I could tell you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's insane. Yeah. Because you would never expect that in Calgary. Cause you talk to some people like, yeah, no, it's happening. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> just wait. It's coming. That should be your tagline. Just wait. Just wait. Ain't boring. Just wait. <laughs> My podcast tagline is boring. And the only thing in the description is it's really not. So what inspired the name boring? Life. Life, Life is boring? Itself, yeah. Okay, well, that's, 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 in, that's, in that's ironic itself. in itself though. Like, I feel like what you're doing is, isn't boring. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's lower expectations. Yeah, I'm the same way. I try to like, a, anytime anyone expects anything from me, I try to set the bar so low that I'm like forced to succeed. Because like, if you over exaggerate what you can promise, man, people are just gonna like disappoint so fast. So but, fast, yeah. You got to go in with like nothing and be like, well, I don't know, <laughs> is it good? No, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. You, it's, it's up to your interpretation at that point. Yeah. And the lower you, the, what I've noticed, the lower you set it, if you set it lower than the quality you're putting out, it's almost guaranteed someone's gonna like it. Yeah, for sure. Because I know, like. It's objective as well. Like, it's very, very objective. Like what I consider to be excellent is completely different than what someone else considers to be excellent. Like here's a good, here's a good example. 
I've heard so many people talk shit about Starbucks and how their coffee sucks or tastes burnt or blah, 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 blah. Why is it they're a multi-million dollar business? Why is it that they're successful throughout the world? Why is it that girls go crazy or pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> because what they do really well is the mass market is okay with okay enough products. Your product doesn't need to be that great. What they kind of want is, well, at least why you pay $5 for Starbucks is you're not paying $5 for that burnt taste of coffee. You're paying it so it tastes consistent. It's reliable. And you're paying for no matter, and you're paying for that feeling that Starbucks is selling you as well. Like the, the fact that pumpkin spice lattes blow up just shows to me that the Starbucks customer is just looking for comfort. And that's their entire brand. They're selling comfort up the ass and it's fucking working. Comfort and consistency. If you go to that's Mexico facts. and have like a uh, frappuccino, it'll taste almost the same as one in Canada, right? Or if you go to Starbucks in the airport versus the Starbucks in downtown, their coffee tastes identical. That is tough to do, but because Starbucks can pull that off, they're winning. That's true. You never go to Starbucks thinking this coffee is going to taste different. No. It's always going to taste the same. So you know what you're expecting. Yeah. Same thing with McDonald's. The McDouble tastes the same. <laughs> it's like, sure, yeah. the bar's low, but that pr the product is good enough. You know what you're getting for. The price is good enough. But what you're also buying into is the fact that Ronald McDonald's your childhood hero when you were a young kid and you've been raised with this brand. Who's your hero? No. I'm just, <laughs> I speak in general, but... Have you noticed how McDonald's has changed there? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> they gave Mom Buck, who's my hero? <laughs> the clown itself. <laughs> That's terrifying. As yeah, a child. dude. That, that thing was fucked, man. Yo, and the, the purple guy? <laughs> dude, imagine being the actor for that. Oh, man. Where's his, your career? Yeah, you meet a girl, you tell her, yeah, I'm Ronald McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> how does it go react? <laughs> you don't. It's just like, oh, wow, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do you do all day? Stand outside. <laughs> Hold a sign up. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, have you noticed how they, the McDonald's model has changed? The buildings look different. Like, they're growing with. Have you seen their new HQ? No. In Chicago, it's fucking sick. Is it like the Apple HQ? Uh, similar to kind of like yeah, retro it's, it's like yeah it's they're gone for the very wooden modern look but I think McDonald's as a brand has innovated a lot compared compared to the competitors like the you know like why you know those touchscreen things they have in the in the actual restaurants yeah they do that because um, when labor like minimum, when minimum wage had to go up it was cheaper for them to implement technology than it was for them to like hire people. Yeah. But that sort of innovation is what ultimately leads to better consumer interaction, right? Yeah. Um, as long as you're, what I've learned, as long as you're a little bit more innovative and you're selling a feeling that's kind of unique and resonates with the people you're trying to target to, you're always going to win regardless, regardless of whatever your product is. Your product can be, your product should be good enough. It shouldn't be bad. If your product's bad, then you won't retain customers. But if your product's at a certain level where, it can retain customers. People will come back for it. And then you're also selling a really cool feeling like Drew, like you're right. Drew is selling you a feeling, which is why you resonate with this brand and you're, and you're always wearing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they're constantly doing that, they're going to keep winning. But the moment they stop doing that, people are going to stop wearing Drew. Same thing like Supreme. Same concept, more relatable. It's like, you know, Walmart. Yeah. Are they all look the same? Yep. It's crazy. Yep. You can literally walk into Walmart. You will know where the food is, the electronics is, the appliances. Yep. Everywhere, except for the Fish Creek Walmart. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> Have you never been to it? No, man. It's so weird. You walk in and it's just candy at the front. And you're like, what? <laughs> and you look to the right and bed sheets. You're like, what? You know, when you walk into Walmart, what's the first thing you always see? Uh, so vegetables. Yeah, produce. Produce yeah. and bakery. Yeah. You walk into that one and you see candy. Jesus. <laughs> I wonder who the manager is. <laughs> They're not doing it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where that went, but... 
your um the maple story yeah i wasn't too into that explain that whole concept sure so do you want me to explain like what maple story is uh yeah kind of all of what you were doing in that. sure thing um so maple story is like a t it's like a 2d a 2d mmo mmorpg oh my god i always like catches my tongue but um <laughs> yeah so similar to world of warcraft People can create a character. Uh, they have like different jobs so they can play like archer, uh, assassin, blah, blah, blah. Right. You level up, you get different jobs. You, you try to beat bosses. Typical MMORPG shit you play with other people. So it's a very social game. Um, the issue with MapleStory was that leveling, at least like back when I was playing, when I was like 14 or 15, leveling took too long. And these guys in Germany made this like private server code called OldenMS. Uh, it was like the first stable version of like any sort of like private server. And what a private server is, is uh, typically MMORPGs have like the server side, which manages like how fast it is for people to level or like of how the game gets dictated, blah, blah, blah. And then there's the client side. And the client side has like all the graphics and um, how the characters behave and all this other stuff, right? So the server dictates, um, it's, the server's kind of like the god and the client's kind of like what we see right now, like the reality. Right. And God determines like whether I can, how high I can jump or how much money I can make, how fast it's for me to make money, how fast I can age, blah, blah, blah. So these guys were able to re reverse engineer like the official servers, like server. The, like the the foundations. Yeah. So they, so you can run your own server. And the whole, oh, the whole value add there is if people play on yours, it's easier to level up. Things that cost money in like the actual, like in the actual game you can get for free in a private server because it's, it's all like, it's all a different prerogative, right? Kids have different motivations than what a corporation has. So I guess like when we started, everyone made it too easy. Like these kids were like leveling up a thousand times the amount of like what the actual game had. Does that take the fun out of it? Well, it's, it's fun in the beginning, but the issue is retention, right? Yeah. And it kind of like, it kind of like half the fun is the challenge. So we came up with something in the middle and I think, where we kind of excelled as well is we created something that had like a better in-game economy and ours was just more stable. So yeah, that, I went through a whole lot of shit with that stuff. Like there, there was like some guy from Singapore that was a competitor and like he would DDoS the shit out of us every oh, fucking man. time. And that taught me how to, <laughs> how to prevent DDoSing, right? Like there's all these things that you, you would never consider that I was like kind of, kind of placed upon and yeah. we were just, we just had to deal with it. Were you guys making money off that? Uh, donations. So it was all donations that went straight towards funding the server. But in the end, I didn't end up making profit. So you put more money into it? Yeah. I mean, like it, we weren't up, like I'm sure if it kept going, it would have been a very profitable company and we probably would have been millionaires. But at the time when we shut down, we weren't making enough for us to make, make profit off of. Is MapleStore still around? Yeah, I think it is. I haven't played in forever though. Same. I used to play like League. Yeah. Oh, dude, my, my, uh, my friend Alan plays League like crazy. I should play. No, I can't play that game. Why? It's too toxic. <laughs> you get into that game and you can't leave. Yeah. You never play, have you ever played it? No, man. I, I stopped don't. gaming when I was 18. Yeah, just don't, don't, don't ever play that yeah. one game. It, the community is so toxic. Is MapleStory toxic, the community? I, I have no idea. I mean, when, when I was playing, you know, I, I don't know. I thought it was fun. I'd never had like any sort of like issues. How do I relate this, Kate? Have you ever played like, you played games with global chat? Yeah. You know how it sometimes it gets toxic? Yeah, yeah. Now imagine that a hundred times fold. I see. <laughs> but imagine your whole team is losing and that one guy is just being so toxic and everyone- That's gamers, man. Like gamers yeah. have no filter. None. It's amazing because it's so like, it's so fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like playing Counter-Strike, man. There's half the shit that comes out of people's mouths. 
you just you don't expect yeah. it. Yeah, it's a different realm. You so did you play games a lot? Were you like when hardcore? When I was like. When I was a teenager, man, I was obsessed. I'd play games. The first thing I looked forward to after school was playing games. But that's the thing. Like, I wish I was born like five years after. I could have been a Twitch streamer. You're I'm pretty fast. confident I could have like I could have like done a good job. But I was like in that awkward mix where, where YouTube was still young, and my parents were like my parents are just like typical Eastern Europeans, right? So like I could never leave the house. <laughs> so all I could do is play games. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, man. You guys can't leave the house. Well, no. Like when I, when I was like young. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. yeah. I don't know Eastern European parents. I don't know any of them. Dude, it's like... Is that like the commonality? Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess for some, like, my parents were just really conservative. That's all. Like, I, when we were young, we couldn't go up. But when we got older, then they didn't really care. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, continue what you're saying. What was I talking about? Uh, The games. Oh, yeah. Twitch, five years. Yeah, I'd play like... I'd play a lot of Counter-Strike I, I was obsessed with like Counter-Strike Source 1.6. Um, there was this game called Guns. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but like Guns was fucking fun, man. Like it was just the most addicting shit. There was this like other game called Gunbound. I'd play a lot. So like. What well, year is this? <laughs> like 2006, 2007. Okay. Yeah. Like, dude, this is like, this is like 14, 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Dang. You were really like at the wrong time. Yeah. You would have been perfect yeah, yeah, for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm opening my kids, man. Like, I'm just going to buy them cameras when they're four and let them start vlogging. Just be like, if this is your passion, do it. Yeah, There's so yeah. much money in There's it. There's actually, and like, it's just self-expression as well, which is what's so fun about it. Like, yeah, you get to be yourself. Yeah. Have the world judge you. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> let people talk shit, whatever. Let them, let them talk. And the more they talk, the more you boom. So yeah, no, for sure. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, I don't know. I, have you dealt with any hate? Um, I feel like even if you haven't dealt with hate, People are going to talk shit about you behind your back regardless. Yeah. I kind of just assume people talk shit. Yeah, same. And <laughs> I mean, like, I know, like, I like, I know, like, when it comes to everybody, anyway, we have competitors. I'm sure they talk shit. We talk shit. Like, everyone talks shit. It's normal. For, it's part of human psychology to talk shit. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't really care. If, I honestly don't really care for it. Like, I kind of expect, I kind of expect it. If, if there's no hate, then it just means I'm not doing anything crazy, which means no one cares about me. So, like, I feel like the more hate you have, you're doing something kind of impactful which means that you have eyes on you and it's kind of like the byproduct of doing things. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's true. Look at Justin Bieber, like back to like talking about Drew, man. Like he probably has so many haters or like when he was young, he had so many fucking haters, oh, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone was judging him. Yeah. The guy was like And this 17. kid's like, I, I listened to him like talk on, in front of cameras. He's so down on her thing, so humble. And he's such a hard worker as well. Like I've personally never hated the guy. Like, Did you hear his new song? Lonely? No. I'm lonely? still listening to his new stuff, man. It's too soft. <laughs> I want to go back to purpose. Like that, that shit was, that was, that shit was sick. Yeah. That was actually, sick. when you said soft, I was thinking like, you'd be like, dude, I need him to start rapping like six, nine. No, no. <laughs> six, nine is just another level, man. Six, nine is the definition of getting hated on. Six, nine is the definition of how to market hate. Yeah. No, like, like, wanna, like a, he's like a master troller, man. I love so it. So big. Like if you want to learn how to market with hate, look at six, nine. Yeah. And Even just like listening to him on like the Logan Paul podcast, like this guy's, He's so self-aware of what he's doing. I know I think it's amazing. I think he's a fucking genius. Like I, <laughs> I love watching six, nine clown on people so much. It's the funniest shit ever. And so many people, like even you just saying that is going to like so many people around and be like, what are you talking about? It's triggered. Well, yeah. Well, but the thing is marketing is so key to being in that industry and he's I, doing it well. That's the other, well, here's the thing though. Like talking about six, nine, um, he had that whole snitch thing going on. 
and he kind of like normalized it and made it. He kind of like true. he kind of took ownership of it, yeah. which kind of rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> Especially people that are like really into like the rap game and shit. They think fuck this guy, right? So like, what I question is, does he ever like consider like the backlash of what he's doing? And I, I think he's kind of like he just kind of like sprays and prays, and hopefully like his trolling pays off. But there, you have to get to a point where like you start considering um, other perspectives as well, and try to be a little bit more calculated with how you troll. Yeah, he he. What was it? Some he commented on. I think it was Lil Durk's. Yeah, comment, and he was gonna pay someone, I think six million to have like a drama battle, <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. Just to get the attention. It's like, yo, you paying someone six million dollars just to argue with you? Yeah, no, it's but it makes sense. It's a campaign. Yeah, which I was just like, that's nuts. It brings awareness, keeps him relevant, it sells his music. Yeah, except like he kind of bit the hand that fed him. Yep. And they bundle it. Did they bundle it or did they not? I I have no idea. They did something which lowered his sales from they anticipated almost things like a hundred and fifty thousand. Oh yeah, I saw that, and then he was crying over Instagram. Yeah, he's like, "Wow, you guys really bundled all my stuff, huh?" (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the exact note. I think someone watching or listening knows, but that was crazy. Like when he got out of jail, like that song he dropped right out. Like I got like a hundred million, like so fucking fast, so fast. I was just like, "Wow!" Like this guy's this guy's a machine. Really? And then he, he kept popping them out and he's kind of low key right now, but it's coming. Oh, for sure. You know who's low key and he's going to pop pretty soon again? Lil Nas X. I think he's so fucking, I think he's he already, so brilliant. He dropped the song. I saw, I was listening the, to him on the, the, the way the, here. Yeah, the music it's, one. It's fire. Yeah. I love it. Well, he went broke too. Yeah. <laughs> well, like this guy was just like chilling for like a year, like just like yeah. going on holiday. <laughs> that's the song. But that's the name of the song. <laughs> I think, or that's that chorus. I don't know. But he got rich too fast. Yeah. In my opinion. Because he kind of, do you know the background story of how he like the memes and it was stuff? through Twitter yeah yeah like he made thousands of memes about like I'm on horse and well that's what TikTok is now it's just it's just music promo yeah like a lot of these guys are just popping up over TikTok Jack Harlow I think owes his career to TikTok like Tim during Curtis quarantine Waters. man like I, I learned about Jack Harlow through TikTok who's Jack Harlow uh what's popping brand new whip just off. oh in. dang yeah yeah same Curtis Waters yeah yeah he's from Calgary damn that's crazy and now he's in, I think he's in Texas. Mm-hmm. Everyone's moving to Texas now. Yeah, I wouldn't mind living there. Yeah, the houses are really cheap. Cheap houses, low taxes. And I mean, if you open up a business in the US, man, there's just way more market share than there is in, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, there needs to be more of that in Canada, more options. Yeah. But it's Canada. Yeah, man. There's only, what, 30, 40 million people that live in Canada, if I'm not mistaken? I think it's 33 million. Yeah. It's like 10% of the population in the US. Yeah, it's crazy. We, It's literally California. Yeah. <laughs> and one con. And, one we're, and we have such like, and we're so spread apart as well. Like, look yeah, at Calgary. Like, our point. downtown core is so, like, there's not many people that live in the downtown core. Everyone's like up in the burbs. I know. And we have like so many empty spaces down there, especially office space. Yep. What's the, is it the bow, the new building with the face? Yep. Apparently half it's empty. Oh, bro. That's even like the, the place we're at, the, at the Guardian, half of it's empty as well. How do you like maintain that? Like who, like, I feel, is it just billionaires trying to flex? <laughs> well, that's, I've always wondered that as well. And like my, the only theory, I, the only theory I have is they're trying to invest in now when it's cheap and they're probably going to claim ROI like in 20, 30 years when, if the city ever booms. It has to be a long-term play. I don't think it's short-term. It's got to be because that's a lot of money. Yeah. But they've also- and they, sh- keep, they keep building condos as well. It's crazy. I know. It's like, where is this coming from? And who's buying it? Like, yeah. who, who are, who's buying condos? No one. Like, yeah. Everyone I know is renting. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Well, some people are buying, but it's so 
that's what we were thinking of doing, man. Like we want to get out of, our, <clears throat> out, of our, out of our current office and move into something a little bigger. Like we want to kind of like do what you're doing, but have like a content house. Yeah. Rent like a massive, like ma- rent a massive space, turn into like an office slash like Michael in the, in the basement and shit. But like, well, like, we are like, we can't justify buying the place. Like the issue is there's no guarantee on like houses here appreciating. And I have no idea what Calgary's economy is going to be like in five or 10 years. It could either like, I mean, like, uh, like I have, we always joke around, like in our office, like Calgary could either be Detroit or like, the next Abu Dhabi. There's actually like no in between. Like either we go broke or like or we all become fucking yeah, rich again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we're going to tax. So yeah, that's a big industry, just as big as oil. You know what, man? Like we hire a lot of people for, for like for Herba, and there's actually a lack of talent in Calgary. Like there's a lot of people that apply for jobs, but in terms of like talent that like could actually produce good work, it's very tough to find. Even like when I was working in software. To find like someone really smart that knew their shit was like one of the most difficult things. We interviewed so many people. Really? Yeah. Like I bro, like even in CompSci, man, like I went to I went to UFC. Like a lot of like the, there was like maybe like five percent of the people in our class were, were brilliant as fuck. Everyone else just a copy off one another. So like this is a talent that goes in the job force, and then they, they, they wonder why they can't find jobs or they wonder why they're not getting paid hundred K a year. And it's like, bro, like we're looking for the talent. Yeah, like you just like I feel like half these people just like go into like a field just because they think it makes money, but they're not necessarily good at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So dang. So you guys look for talent. I always hear the weirdest things of people who are in uni and they're like, yeah, we need to have this. We need to have this. It's going to be perfect. Uni is such a bubble. No, I mean, look at it like a hundred years ago, man. Like university was just a thing where uh, like rich people would go into to like learn about the arts and stuff. So they were more cultured. Mm-hmm. They learned about philosophical works, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, they had like a different line of thinking. But because like they were already like part of high society, they didn't, they didn't really need university to find a job. Whereas like now it's transformed to this thing where you go into university, getting a degree, expecting to find a job. And like, I yeah. think that expectation is like what kind of screws people over like, um, even I, even I went with, with with the same, with the same line of thinking and like looking back, all I've learned from universities, like how to th- break down processes and like think logically. Yeah. But other than that, like all the skills I've learned, have been pretty fucking useless. <laughs> I've learned everything off YouTube. Like, yo facts. Yeah. yeah you learned so much. I've yo, had videography, how to make a podcast. You can learn all this shit on YouTube. Yeah. You can't go to university and take a course on this. No. <laughs> Good luck finding it. Yeah. Like, I was like, I keep thinking, I'm like, how do they teach kids marketing in school? Like, there's so much to marketing now that like, I don't think, I, I think profs are like so fucking beho- behind the times. They're so like, it's, yo, it's literally like 1900s when you go to the, the Oh, for sure. It's not even relevant, you know, even, okay. So ugh, you, you need PhD to teach certain things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So social media, no one's studying that. And if someone is, you need a PhD. Bro, to t- to PhD, do you're the PhD. Yeah. The definition of PhD in social media, man. Like I'd rather listen, I'd rather learn off Josiah, Josiah's boring life than like some guy UFC like is super out of touch. Who's just writing like scripts and be like, read this, this is how you market this you like they don't even teach you how you do Google Analytics. No. <laughs> when it, when um my friend told me that, Josh, he went to school for business within the past six months, he's learned more than he's ever learned. And he's like, Why'd I go to school? Yeah. It's 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 crazy. They don't teach you Google Analytics. I thought they did. He said, no, nah, they don't. I'm like, that's such a simple tool. Yeah. <laughs> how does someone not know how to teach that? Dude. You, yeah. Like, at least to me, it's a simple tool. I don't know. It might be complicated to others. I'm not yeah, for to, like, sure. Change like, the boat. I mean, every, everyone learns differently, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, it's the same thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree, man. Um, it's, that's the realm we live in, man. Like, 
I've probably learned more in the last three years that I've been doing Herba that I've learned my entire life. Like there's just, just executing on shit and like, just like taking ownership of everything, just being proactive. She's just you way more than like, just like following a structured process and like, just like playing along. Like, yeah, sure. You can learn a couple of things like here and there, but you're not motivated enough. Like, yeah. I mean, they're not giving you millions of dollars. Yeah. You're just sitting there to. Like when I worked corporate, like I, I never had the, I never had the care to learn new technologies just because I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking like, well, why do I need to know this? Like, I'm not going to make more money out of this. Maybe I will if I went after myself, but if I'm not, I don't, this is a waste of my time. Whereas like now I'm forced to learn shit because if I don't learn shit, there's consequences. Yeah, that's facts. So like, it's the same thing with you, man. Like if you don't learn how to make your podcast studio better, if you don't know how to like upgrade your shit, like as, and keep innovating as time goes on. You fall so you're, you're you going to fall. Yeah. So like because of that chase now, you're forced to learn. Every day. Yeah. And the thing is, it's so much fun. Yo, bro, I love it. It's, I honestly don't, sometimes I don't get how people do that nine to five because I think to myself, I'm not trying to like throw shade, but low key, this is more time consuming than a nine to five. So here's my, here's my opinion on that. Maybe it's a little different than everyone else's, but I think there's people like us that aren't accustomed to like uh, traditional societal, societal norms, like nine to five. And there's people that work really well within that structure. Like not everyone's meant to be a leader and not everyone's meant to be an employee. Not everyone's meant to do this or that or blah, blah, blah. Just like how I can never be a nurse because I don't think I'll ever be, I'd ever understand the, the processes behind that. There's probably some girl, some guy that fucking kills being a nurse and vice versa. Like compared to what I do, they probably have no idea what it, what it comes to. I had a friend like three or four years ago, like explained to me his stem cell research shit that he was doing for his master's. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, no, bro, it's easy. But like from his perspective, it was easy. Cause like it's so easy, right? the way his mind works is different. So like, yeah. for, like especially if you ever build a, a company, um, the employees you hire need structure. Otherwise, like they're going to feel like they're going to feel um, like there's a lack, a lack of it and they won't be as productive. Like some people just like having like that schedule. And then afterwards, like after five o'clock, you stop thinking. Yeah. I work down to five after five o'clock. I can work out herba. I could, I could go to the gym. I could like go on dates, do blah, blah, want, blah, yeah. do everything you want. Whereas my job now I wake up. Boom, yeah. Yeah. It's like 24 hours. 11 o'clock client messages me. Where's my <laughs> shit? Boom. <laughs> to the time you go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's nonstop. I but with the way I'm wired, that's how I think. I love it. I love I love the hustle. I, I'd want to be talking to clients one or two in the morning. I want to I want to be doing passes with five in the morning. I'm I'm all for it. It's so much fun. Like but, that's that's I don't know. That's think that's the disconnect that most people don't see. Because some people see you and they're like, "Oh, he's got it all, bro. I don't have shit, man." That's the thing. They look at you like, "Oh, he's got this. He's got this following. He's got this company. He's got that." But it's like, it's so time consuming. Oh, for sure. And like this goes back to like what I was saying, like in the grand scheme of things, like what we're doing is so insignificant to compared to like the mass world. That's what I always compare it to. Like, how do you get to the point where you're doing, you're, you're creating the same amount of value that McDonald's or Justin Bieber or Drake produce, right? Like that, I, I always measure things by value. Like, um, here's a good example. Like a small business can probably cap it at 500 K to 2 million a year, right? Because their values only sub, the value they can output, like their product can only reach X amount of people. So the value that they produce stops here. Right. Whereas McDonald's is so scaled that they can produce value worldwide. Right. Drake is so scaled whenever he drops a fucking banger, it produces emotional value or, or musical value or entertainment value worldwide. That's right. why Drake's net worth is a lot higher than like a small business. And I guess like the goal that I, I personally have is how do I create, how do I go away from creating small value to big value? 
That's actually really good. I mean, like, this is what you're doing right now as well, man. Like, you're creating a macro product that's going to create massive volume. Like, right now, maybe it's it's being targeted towards Calgary. But as your personal brand grows, this will create macro va- macro uh, value. Yeah. And that's where boring pockets will pop off. And then one day, I'll be like, yo, I was part of that shit. But- right? <laughs> like, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Even, even wearing the Drew merch, that's also just, like, part of the whole... Value. Yeah. It's creating value. It's value from a comfort perspective, from an uh, emotional perspective, from like a value perspective. But because it's almost it's same thing with you. Let's say you always let's say you always wearing the same thing. So you always have the hat on, right? Yeah, all the time. I have like twenty of these hats. I so see you always the same color, the yeah. same. Maybe you like tilted it a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have your own uniqueness about it. Anytime someone sees that, they can have you. Yeah. Anytime someone sees Drew, who has seen me. They think of you. Think of me. Yeah. Podcast. I'm, yeah. And it's great because it's almost like not, I'm not marketing it. Oh, Justin Bieber's a marketer. Yeah. Shout out to him. Love his stuff. But I'm just riding the train. No, I'm I'm the same way, man. Like it's it's just a brand I've created, created for myself. And like, yeah, so many people don't see that. Yeah, let people let people make their own decisions, but it's it's a unique marker and it creates it's all about personal branding. But yeah. I love it. It's so much fun. Everything yeah. about it. But um, yeah, back to the nine to five thing, like um, I think there's beauty to like not thinking, like I, th- I think what happens is a lot of people like go on Instagram, they go on reels and they find Gary V <laughs> and he, st- he starts like blabbering. I mean, like <laughs> I love the guy. Like if I could be one fifth of who this guy is, I'll be the happiest man in the world. But I, th- I think the issue with that, he's, he's telling everyone like, Hey, nine to five sucks in general. I'm thinking like, well, Gary, like if nine to five sucks, no one would be working for Vayner media. Yeah. Like you have no employees. I know you're trying to motivate people, but like if I'm his employee watching this, I'm like, well, fuck this guy. I want to, I want to quit now. <laughs> and then if all his employees quit now, he can't sell, he can't sell ads to Budweiser. Yeah. He can't do anything. Yeah. I think, I think the approach is nice. I think, I think he comes from a good place, but from a macro perspective, like everyone thinks different. Everyone behaves different. Everyone wants different things. Some people are content with just doing the, just doing X amount of things. Because their i their idea of life is a different way. There's nothing wrong with that. I love I love those people. Yeah, it, 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 they kind of push us, which is nice. We need those people. Yeah, like, I want to provide value for them. Yeah, and vice versa. It goes yeah. both ways. I think I think there's systems in life and there's positions in life that everyone has to occupy. And there's no right answer here. I don't think the answer is for everyone to quit their jobs and try to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> then we it'd be it'd be anarchy. It really would be. Who would be buying what and yeah. what would be buying what? You know. Well, I mean, yeah, you'd have B two B transactions, but it'd be that'd be such an interesting. Imagine if imagine if the nine to five was owning a business and owning a business was a nine to five. Like the roles got reversed. Yeah, how chaotic things would be. Oh, that'd be terrible. And then it'd be people. Why do you want to work all the time? Work nine to five. You have five <laughs> hours off. You get two weeks of vacation. Bro, I go vacation. Man. I go on vacation. I have people still, still screaming at me. Yes. <laughs> well, not screaming. I'm over-exaggerating. But you know what I mean? Like, I'm still answering the emails. I still have to make sure things get done, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But Well, I mean, I don't know. I see it differently. I see myself as, like, always on vacation, yeah. but always work. Because I... When it, you know, when you like shut down for the day, you yeah. just like, oh, I was gonna relax. Like that's low key a vacation. No, oh, for sure. You, know, you put everything down. You enjoy yourself. You're like vacation time. Yeah, I, I'm in a vacation. I like that. I like that mentality. Actually, yeah, it's it's fun because it's a it's a really that's how I detox. Yeah, like a detox where you just you know do everything. You wake up, hit it, run with it all day. Yeah, and then you start to wind down from like maybe I don't know five or six, and then ten o'clock rolls around, and you're just like, all right, time to reset, forget everything that just happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go yeah. To bed. Wake up, new day started. <laughs> so I have a question for you, man. Um, when um 
when quarantine started? Like, what was your approach towards that? Like, is that what inspired this podcast? It was, it was one of the things I had a lot of free time. And yeah. I'm like, okay, so I was thinking to myself, everything around me, is, I've, I've never had a person, never had a hard time watching things blow up and like seeing how the algorithm works. Yeah. Seeing what's about to blow up and just following the streams of what will be like a guaranteed success. Yeah. Guaranteed. So I'm thinking to myself, all right, I've been wanting to do this podcast. I want to do this podcast. So I was like, yeah, I'll dabble in it for a little bit. Did it with my friends. You know, it's nerve wracking getting into something new. Oh, for sure. I had no confidence. It was lacking. You guys can go watch the first episode <laughs> if you want. <laughs> oh, bro, look at my first vlog. It's probably the worst. It was probably the worst shit ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, it's still there. You own it. You got to show people the track oh, for record sure. of like how you become who you are. The come up. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, maybe I'll start this podcast. And I was like, yo, this, this could actually be something crazy. And then I'm, I'm at it. Like I'm analyzing everything from like position place, you know, a country place, Canada place, looking at the bigger, bigger people. Like this table was inspired by, you can probably guess who. Logan Paul. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I looked at the bigger guys. Um, I looked at logos. I was like, how do I market myself perfectly? How can I just throw little things in there that literally make no sense and might not take off, but at least I put quality into it. Who's your target audience? Um, Right now, it's anyone from 22, I guess. Cool. 22, 26, I have something like any, 30s, like, any like specific like locations? Canada. Canada. Ca- Canada is the end goal to be the number one in Canada or just not, not even the number one, but just like a mainstream for Canada. Canada doesn't really have other than meme pages. Yeah. Like Six Buzz, Daquan. Yeah. And then other news, whatever, you know, Calgary events, stuff like that. Yeah. It's really, it's really a niche, really niche to certain things. Versus as a podcaster, I can take, which is the cool thing, I can take their content and talk about it. And I can do that on a Canada scope. Yep. So I can talk about six boats, Calgary events, yep. take one, all of it. And it all just comes back down to, oh yeah, this is Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm taking all of the big Smart. picture and putting it into my little idea. Do you see yourself like living in Canada for the rest of your life? Yeah. I mean, like wherever life takes me. Yeah. At the end of the day, I'd love to put this on for Canada. It's just really hard to um, get support, mm-hmm. and well, it's not hard. It's just Calgary's weird. No, I agree, man. We have the we have the same problem. Like outside of like outside of like what we do for clients, we're like me. I guess like myself and Vlad have like always tried making vlogs for fun and stuff. But like to come up with an interesting vlog with an interesting storyline in Calgary is one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. I have yeah. an easier time making full on ad campaigns for clients than I do thinking of my thinking of my own life and how to make it entertaining. Well, yeah. it's, it's not as hard as you think. I've tried. Like I, I was able to pull one out like one every week. Yeah. I get like a thousand views on my Instagram account with them. But like, um, it got to the point where the demand for it was just so high that like it requires a lot of brain power of how to create a little storyline, like how to train all your friends into, into like characters and then always being around them as well. Like you have to like require some of their time as well for, for them to be there. And if not, if everyone's like not doing this thing, like during quarantine, it's easy because everyone had a lot of free time. But everyone gets back to their jobs. Suddenly these characters you create a story with are gone. So yeah. now like, how do you tell a story? How do you make it interesting? Create dr- like micro dramas in this like thing that people would want to watch, even if they know nothing about you. What you do is, you know, you've seen David Dobrik stuff, yeah. right? You force it. <laughs> well, yeah, but like he has characters. His some, vlog of them, is, some of them aren't. Some of them are like genuine. Like that's actually them. Yeah, but requ- David does that full time is what I'm trying to like say. Like if I could do, oh, if I could do that yeah, full time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I'd, I'd want to blow, I'd blow up. If I had no I'd repercussions of like, um, what's it called? Of what people think of me. I, I actually think I'd be pretty good at creating YouTube pranks. Yeah, but Tally 
He's crazy. Yeah. I love him. He started like, he kind of started like an OnlyFans kind of thing. I saw him and Tyga. Yeah. Tyga's killing on OnlyFans. He is. It's weird. But. All these celebrities hopped on it. Tana Mojo got the highest paid. Yeah, I saw. Is it Tana Mojo? Was it Jake Paul's? Yeah, I, I saw her. Tana Mojo? Yeah, Tana Mojo. I saw her okay. post about her story. Yeah, $3 million. <laughs> Crazy. It's like, what? Yeah, man, I need to make OnlyFans. People are paying way too much. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Like, I'm pretty sure if you're smart, you could probably just like find it for free. Well, they have like this weird takedown thing. I see. Where it's like everything is like automatically taken down. Also, oh, you search for it. No, I haven't searched for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in with this. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, I, I was checking out the business model because I've had some girls on who do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so weird because like you can have it. And then I don't know how they do the takedowns though. But you, it's so fast. It makes sense. It's copyright. Yeah, but it's so fast. I don't think Reddit wants, I, I, I know a lot of them happen through Reddit. I don't think Reddit wants the, um, the liability anyway, right? So yeah, people post that on Reddit, like nonstop, like seconds, yeah. seconds after. Unless you own your own website, but th- at that point you, you better be making money off ads. Otherwise there's no point of having that. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the interesting thing about copyright laws. Like when we were doing the Maple Story shit, I learned pretty fast. So like, for um for to avoid DMCA's, uh, like a good place to have your server was like Holland because Holland at the time had like no copyright laws. Or like <laughs> there's a lot of like places like this in the world where like having your server there protects you a lot, so it removes a lot of your liability. So like, I'm sure if you if you wanted to like get into that dirty game, um you'd have to you'd have to do your research on which countries have different laws and make your corporation based on that country. It's kind of like um what was that? What's it called? Put Locker. Yeah, remember that? I think no. I haven't heard of it. Was it Pulaker? I can't remember. You know the websites that you, you like, you'd always go to to watch movies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're always like hosted out of, I think, China. Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, which is just crazy because they're never going to take it down. What's going to happen? You send a, you send a claim for a, a company in China, you're going to take them to the U.S. court? Is that what happens? I have no idea, but oh. like, I'm, I've always been curious. Yeah, because I've seen some of these websites up. And then they get taken down and it's literally, when you go to the website, it's like, we created a new website. Yeah. <laughs> it makes like, sense. Okay. <laughs> Click on a new website, like Kiss Anime. That's what, that's how, um, that's how Hollywood movies work, man. I'm pretty sure they're just setting up different corps for all these things. Cause like each corporation has, has its own liabilities, right? Yeah. Let's say like, um, I'm, I create a TV show that has like four seasons, each season and every TV show in Hollywood has their own corporation. Once a season's done, they basically drain the corp. Let the corp have all liability. So if anyone were to see that TV show for that one season, only that corp gets a liability. And then once you open up a new season, you make a new corporation for that. It's like business. Yeah. You can bankrupt a business and you're still not bankrupt. Yeah. But like every, like, so like the idea, I'm pretty sure what these guys are doing is they're probably making new course for every business or like every new website. Right. And they're just banking up the ads. So like if one gets sued, that corporation gets a liability. That person's still fine. They move on to the next business. Yo, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Hollywood is dead? No, I think it's popping. I think it's all the. I think it's all about YouTube. No, but the concept of Hollywood. Do you think social media is taking over? I think that's what Hollywood is. It's social media. It's been redefined. Yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood's dead. Yeah, right, yeah. From my perspective, I keep saying it, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I was wrong about Corona. <laughs> In what sense? In a sense of because you've all these actors, right, who are trying to push, yeah. and then you have publicity, everything else. People are constantly chasing you, paparazzi's in your face. The only people who you really hear of now are like. Uh, the Johnny Depp case. Yeah. Is it Johnny Depp? Yeah. And then occasionally, you know, Brad Pitt pops up. George yeah, Clooney. It's, it's all the old stars. So that, yeah, the, all the A-list actors are the only people you're hearing about right now. Yeah. I don't hear about anyone new. Nope. So 
if they're not acting, where's Hollywood? Not to mention the box office. Um, well, you, you know the movie, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, you go back in time. Mm-hmm. Do, do you remember that? It's, it's called, ah, I can't remember. It came out a month or two ago. The estimated drop was what, 150 million and it only made 20 million. Damn. Yeah. So it goes to show you like, it's, I think a lot of, a lot Corona of Corona really is pushing it back. The ones that are modernized though, like look at, um, Stranger Things. I think all the actors like Billy, like Billy Brown, Billy Broad Brown, I can't remember her name, uh, but the know. girl on Stranger Things, <laughs> yeah. like she has like 20 million on Instagram. All those yeah. actors are like, all those actors are relevant as fuck. Very. So like, I think anything has to do with the internet, whether it's Netflix that follows a more traditional suit, but so like Hollywood actors mm-hmm. and YouTubers, like anything that's digital and is compliant with what modern requires is winning. The ones that are relying too much on traditional TV or like st- they're still in soap operas, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anyone's ever going to care about soap operas. What are those? <laughs> 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 no, but like, that's the thing, right? Brad Pitt doesn't have, yo, swear, Brad Pitt does not have Instagram. No. I was looking for like the other day, actually. That's so I know, funny. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It makes sense. He doesn't need it. He doesn't know, but those no, are if the- he had IG though, like, dude, oh, Brad Pitt would be so many girls, man, off IG. Ah, Brad Pitt would destroy it. Be like Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, dude. Just destroy it. He would destroy it. It wouldn't be fair at that point. <laughs> I remember when I first got Instagram, everyone's like, yeah, everyone's on it. I was like, really? I looked at Brad Pitt, not on it. And I was like, not everyone's on it. Yeah. It's like seven years ago. Does George Clooney have it? I think so. I know Leonardo DiCaprio does. Okay. He always posts about like, global warming and yeah, what I, he's I, doing. You've seen that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And then he, he like rides a plane afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Double standards never fail to amuse. <laughs> What is your take on double standards? In what sense? As in how you see people in social media push one narrative, but then they're living luxury and doing all this crazy stuff. They're it's not a, living it's to a it. business. I think, I think there's businesses and consumers in, on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and all these other social media platforms, right? And while I, I, I appreciate the perspective of people saying social media isn't what, what it paints itself out to be, it's because people make money off it. Therefore, they're motivated to paint a certain narrative because it makes them, it makes them monetizable towards whatever niche they're going towards. So they're obviously they're, they're going to push that in order to make money survive. And people that basically follow them look up to that message or whatever. So I mean, like this is this has always existed. Like TV is the same way as well, where you hear like Oprah Winfrey or any sort of influential person discuss certain issues. Uh, I'm sure she has double standards as well. It's just it's just it's just way more. It's it's just better masks. And maybe she's not, but like. There's for sure at least one person out of everyone that has their own TV show as a personality from Dr. Phil or whoever that probably says one thing and does another thing. I think yeah. that's, that's, that's pretty common. So, I mean, this, this trend in like in human psychology has always existed. It's just been modernized now. And like, because, and because like we're, we have information, information is like way more accessible now than it was ever before. Um, we're more aware of it than we ever were. So that's, that's what I think of it. It's just, we're just more, um, we're more intelligent and we have access to more information. Therefore we can see it a lot more than it before, but I think it's always existed. So in that context, do you believe in cancel culture? Cause social, so anyone, wasn't Doja Cat canceled? Yeah, she was. I think. Yeah. I still listen to her. I, I love her music. Yeah. So influencers put their entire life on the line. Yeah. That's, that's an influencer life, right? You, you got to put yourself out there as a picture. So it's very easy to fall into your own double standards. It's very easy to cancel. Logan. Yeah. Logan Paul was canceled, but he came back. Yeah, but he, he, um, he did the worst possible thing. He did it like twice, but he was smart, but just yeah. keep posting. 
And that's if the thing. Don't like, like you, they don't like you, but they, it's a business. People have canceled meant. McDonald's a hundred times. Like when that, <laughs> when that, um, when that movie came out where they're exposing McDonald's for being terrible for you, can't remember what it was called. Um, oh, I think it was super. super yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that was canceling McDonald's, right? Yeah. McDonald's is like one of the best, bur- like one of the, one of the best, one of the best fast food chains and like in the, in the modern world. Yeah. They, they even adjust to Thailand. I don't yeah. know if you ever go to Asia McDonald's. No, I haven't. In Asia. The whole menu is different. You go to European McDonald's. Oh, it's all whole different. Menu's different. Like, go to McDonald's in Greece. You're you're like you're having souvlaki burgers. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's not even McDonald's. At yeah. well, not our McDonald's. It's your McDonald's. Yeah, so. no, it's that's what it is, man. Like being an influencer is just a business, and your business is being an influencer. But you're going to be subject to public relations or people cancel you. But you as a business have to be so smart that you create crisis situations or risk management to the point where you know how to defer that situation and get back. Like that's that's all what PR is. PR teaches you how to um, assess risks and be able to like turn crisis situations around. Yeah, it's funny how you say that because you know Jenna Marbles canceled herself. Yeah, it's weird. She could have capitalized on it, but I think she was just done with YouTube. Yeah, they all they all made a ton of money in the early YouTube seasons. Like, what was it? Look like, at Fousey too, man. He completely lost it. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I, I don't know if that's an act. No, it's not. Because it's, it's, so, it's, it's strictly mental health. And like, I feel bad for the guy. Like he, I think he was just around the wrong people who are, who knows, who knows what his situation is like, but I just, I've, I've watched his highs and I watched his lows. I've been subscribed to him for like 10 years now. And his, his story is very interesting. I've learned a lot from myself and try, try to learn like what not to do. So like, if I ever get to that point in my life, like. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How these influence, it's, it's such like, it's such a give and take. Because you can watch these influencers and you can be like, okay, if I do this, I'm not going to do that or do that. And it gives you such a nice critical way of going about it. And you have so many options. You know, you can watch like Emma Chamberlain, Logan Paul, yep. Jake Paul, Fousey Tube, David Dobrik, be like everything they've done and see what they do. I mean, David got called out for being racist. When did that happen? It was during quarantine, I think like two or three months ago. Because you know how his vlogs are really edgy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's, he just pushes the bar constantly. But it's, that's him, you know? Yeah. He, he low key, it's like kind of, he's running with a cancellation of him already being canceled with people are just like, yo, this dude's awesome. He's so open about everything. I, yeah, I think if you're, I mean, regardless of the situation that happens to you, I think as long as you're a smart business, whether you're a smart influencer or smart company, blah, blah, blah. As long as you have um, good support systems in place, you should always be able to recover. Now, how long it'll take for you to recover? Who knows? But yeah, it's not impossible to recover from from being canceled. I think canceled is just a temp is it just a temporary phase? Like you know, Bella Delphine. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's got uh, bad enough to YouTube. Damn, that's fucked. Yeah. Did you see her views? No. She had only she had one point. I think she had one point seven million or two point seven million subs. Mm-hmm. But every single video was getting over ten million. Why did she get banned? Too seductive. The content was too out of like. That's what's that's that's the thing. The thing is, she posted on her Twitter. The double standards of WAP, you know, out here. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, I've seen some really risky shit on YouTube. Yeah, but then it shows you when you're an independent person, you can get deleted so yeah, easily. But when you're, yeah, but when you're pushed by so, like media, you have a business, you have all this stuff. You know, so it's support systems. You need yeah. to create. Like, the one lesson I've learned in life is no matter where you are in life, if you have no support systems, you can lose things like that and become homeless. Like, wh- look at like. I'll, I'll use like my example as a career. Like if Herbo were to go away, what support systems do I have for me to survive as a person and make an income? Now I think back to myself, okay, what are the skills I have? Who do I know? Who can I leverage? Blah, blah, blah. How can I offer myself as value again? 
and create more revenue for myself so I, I don't go broke. I think the issue is he's, some of the influences I've seen anyway don't think this way. They don't think back to support systems where they think, okay, if the worst were to happen, what's my plan B, my plan options? C, plan yeah. D? What am I good at? How do I provide value? Who do I know? How do I build more relationships? So if the worst were to happen, I can still fall like here instead of falling down here. Yeah. Or like, who are my friends? Like if I'm, if I'm in a fucked up place, who can I reach out to? And like, and who's actually going to be there for me, right? Creating really good friends, really good infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. You're only as strong as your support systems. The crazy thing is, you know what she did? She went to Twitter. She's like, YouTube, why are you banning me? And then the very next post, OnlyFans. That's funny. And she's probably making way more money way out more, that. Way more, yeah. yeah. And it makes sense. And marketing was, she's so good at marketing though. And that's, well, that's, that's also the free market, man. Like up until like, up until like two, three years ago, like OnlyFans didn't, didn't exist and there was a need for it. Like there's always been a need for ad, for a platform to create adult content and no one wanted to cater towards it. It's so crazy. Like Bella Thorne. You heard about that? Yeah. Hopped on, made 1 million. <laughs> Got everyone and she, didn't, she, she didn't even post anything crazy. No. She was just making fun of it, if anything. Apparently it's for a role. Hmm. I heard as a role for a TV show or something. That's know. funny. Yeah. Just hopped on just to see what it was like. I mean, you're talking yeah. about Hollywood being dead. We're also, we're also mentioning Bella Thorne. But she's mainstream. Yeah. It's, it's different. Like she's social media. Is she? Like she's, she's been on a couple of movies. Yeah, but she's I, more known for like the Disney and then her uh Which Instagram. is Hollywood. Yeah, but... Her Instagram is more of her though. Yeah, yeah. I, I when I when I see a list celebrities like ex example like Zendaya, Bella Thorne, uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, all of those guys are all Hollywood. But the only reason why they're mainstream is because they know how to do it on the Instagram. Or like yeah, they know how to go on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Like if you like if if you understand the way I'm saying like yeah, Hollywood isn't the idea of Hollywood. I think is dead, but it's transitioned into social oh, yeah, media. It's, it's, it's modernizing. Yeah. So the old traditional way of, you know, becoming an actor, working 30 years. And that's then news finally... media in general, man. Like, I think, I think a lot, like, look at, look at local news, global CTV, Calgary Herald, blah, blah, blah. Do young kids actually watch that shit? I personally don't care about what global TV puts out. I respect I them as a company, right? I, but I like, get all my friends from YouTube. Yeah. I get, I, I watch everything I know about news in Calgary is off Instagram or YouTube or whatever the fuck. Or meme pages. Those yeah. are awesome. Meme yeah. pages teach you a lot. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> Look at politics as well. Like I'm pretty sure a lot of people are influenced by Facebook, Instagram, the pages they follow, whether they're left or right. Yeah. It's like um, Bloomberg. He's yep. trying to pay meme pages to advertise his campaign. Makes sense. And they all memed him. <laughs> 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 I don't know if they got paid or not, but they went on Twitter all being like, I can't believe this dude just offered me this amount of money. <laughs> To post memes about his campaign. <laughs> Dude, that's just dumb. That's just bad business. Like, I don't know. I don't know if like, I, I have no idea if he paid them to say that. Yeah. Or if they just did that because they were like, yo, if you're a politician, don't come at us. Yeah. we're just here for the memes. Bro, if I owned a meme page, man, and, and Bloomberg came to me, I'd be like, yes, Mr. Bloomberg, how can I help you? <laughs> Thank you so much. But they already make so much money, though. Yeah, but like, like, they like, just that, sold his bro, for like from a business million. perspective, like, if you can work with Bloomberg, you can sell to way more politicians. That builds more credibility. Like, how? Oh, that's true. I, that's yeah. so short sighted. Yeah, no, that's true. So I don't know. I have no idea what happened, but I'm, I'm yeah. guessing that he paid them to say that so it could give him some traction. Because if a meme page is posting, like, I can't believe this dude just tried to pay me. That's a lot of people talking. You know about what's it. crazy, man? With Urban Calgary, a lot, of, a lot of our best posts have to do with politics, and it's not even us taking stances on anything because we keep our page pretty neutral. Yeah. But whenever we post, like, then she is going to get is going for re-election, or then she's doing this, or blah blah blah. People have so many opinions on what the things is, and it always blows up. 
<laughs> and it makes me think like if a politician's smart, they'd reach out not just not just out to Herba, but like to Curiosity, to Wallace so, yeah, now, yeah. to Calvary Events, blah, blah, blah. And they'd be running campaigns to these massive accounts and creating hype for themselves. It's so funny you say that because I think the way you think, and it's it, it's it makes sense. Like yeah. there's really not a lot of bad things that can happen in the way that we're thinking because it's every critical aspect of if you're going into something, pull it apart and look at it thoroughly. You yeah, know? yeah. See the best way to capitalize. If you go on TikTok, people who sponsor you will just send you something and be like, throw it in a song, you know, do a little ad on it. Like Daytree, mm-hmm. she has like one minute vlogs. The biggest thing on her channel. That's the main thing she's known for. Usually gets, it's the most views. So like one, one of her video might only have 2 million views and then she posts a vlog, 6 million views. She gets a sponsor. They're just like, yeah, I just post a video of saying, hey guys, check this out. What they should be doing is say post a one minute vlog about getting it and tell your audience so to look come, at it. I come from this world and what's happening is it's an out of touch marketing manager that has no idea what they're doing. And they all they see is, oh, TikTok's blowing up. Oh, this person has views. Hey, here's a product. Go talk about it. They have no idea what content is. They have no idea how content works. And they're so out of touch with what people want to see. That by the time this all happens, the influencer knows in their head, well, this isn't this is going to fucking work, but they're getting paid regardless. So they think, well, why do I care about telling them? I already got the bag. So they're going to they're gonna go pop off. Yeah, I, That's a, that's like one thing we had to deal with as well. Like in the beginning when, when we were starting, we had to keep going back and fighting back with a lot of clients and a lot of brands that we worked with telling them like, hey, what you're proposing isn't going to work. Let's do X, Y, and Z instead because that'll, that'll actually give you views. But it's because we were motivated to build good relationships in order to show more brands about how friendly, how brand friendly we were. And it, it goes both ways. Like it's up to it's up to the influencers as well to make sure that um, to make sure that that um, they can tell these marketing managers that, or the, I guess like older people that don't, under, don't really understand social media that well. Um, how how like what how to make sure that product gets actually views on their page and how they can provide value. I, get, I think when you get to the macro level, people don't care about offering value and they think, well, I'm, I'm big shot. I'm going to give you credibility, blah, blah, blah. Why do I care? Yeah. So it but goes both ways, man. It's, it's just fascinating to me because I'm like, yo, like there, if you're a company, this is how you should be thinking. I think, I think I'm the not best, saying like, it's no, like, I agree. Yeah. I think the best marketing people are the ones that actually own influencer accounts because they're the ones that understand the ins and outs of it. And they understand both perspectives. They understand what pops off, what the trends are. And how do you apply that sort of thinking towards marketing a product? Yeah. A lot of people, and they, yeah. And they don't teach you that in school. No, they don't. Te- you, there's no self-taught. way to learn that other than you just do it yourself. Yeah. Like, like if I didn't, if I know for a fact, like if we, if I didn't do what I was doing, if you didn't know what you were doing, there's no way to learn that perspective. None. And this podcast wouldn't be this conversation. It wouldn't yeah. be, you know, talking about relevant things. Like we both can relate to it so yeah. easily. And I know there's people listening right now who can understand what we're saying can't relate to it but if you're a business listening to this <laughs> change your model <laughs> well some there's like, some in, there's some really innovative companies as well like we work with a lot of smart people and a lot of smart marketing managers that get it man and we i'm learning off them as well i'm just like holy shit like, I, I didn't there's even, so much to learn yeah man and like i've i guess like to sum to sum all that part up like i've i think a company's only as strong as the people that work for it and I think like the, the, the number one thing a company can invest in towards is human resources. Like if your talent sucks, but like you yourself are really smart, you're only as strong as your weakest talent. Like I can guarantee you like the reason why McDonald's pays so much for their staff is because they want the best talent or they know like 
the appeal of working at McDonald's is, is so negatively seen that they're willing to overpay to make sure that they get the best people in the place in order to guarantee good service at a, at a store level as well as at HQ level. I, I can guarantee you. I didn't realize they overpaid. Oh, bro, like you, you probably you probably make way more at McDonald's than you do at, a, at, a, at any other place. Sure, there's no tips, but like, sure it's like base salary. It's, it's probably there. Yeah, it's not bad. And it's guaranteed. And they offer like students. I know at one point they were offering students like uh, for them to pay their school or something like. Really? They have like programs like that. Like I, I don't know if they still do that. I remember that was a campaign they were running like four or five years ago from what I, from what I saw driving through. But um, yeah, like I'm sure people that work at McDonald's HQ, you have to know your shit. You have, you have to have some sort of relevant experience. You have to have some sort of value at they're, they're not, they're not just hiring anyone. Yeah, because if not, they'd still have that clown outside yeah. <laughs> sitting on a bench. Straight up. Someone probably went up to them and said, hey, what are we doing? Get this clown off the bench. And that, you know the purple guy? Back to them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The dinosaur or whatever. The, oh, it wasn't a dinosaur. It wasn't um, a dinosaur. It was like this weird, hairy purple dude with just eyes. The robber, right? No, no, no. Different no? guy. No, they, I don't. They had like the, what was it? The robber, the clown, the purple guy, with I think in big yellow shoes. I don't know. Traumatizing yep. as a child. <laughs> so happy they changed it. <laughs> oh, dude, it's... What do you think of Elon Musk? How he says um, you don't need a degree. Do you believe in degrees? Yeah, I think uh, I have a, like, I have a degree and it definitely teaches you a line of thinking and it provides you a, a form of credibility. Like my dad always told me that you're not going to school to find a job. You're going to school to tell people that like when someone asks you, what did you do in school? You can tell them something impressive. Like, oh, I did this at this school, right? <laughs> and people are like, oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> or like when you, when you take a girl on a date, so where do you, where'd you go to school? You don't have to feel scared and be like, well, you know, it's a funny story about that, right? You tell them, I went here and I also do this and I also did that. And he said, oh, wow. It's credibility. You're ultimately, sell you're, you're ultimately selling something to someone. So, I mean, if you see value in that social credibility, I think it's worth it. If you don't see value and you're willing to outspend and you're, so like, let's say like you're that Twitch streamer and you, you know, you have something that's, that's going and you know, you're going to pop off. Going to school for four years is a waste of time. Biggest waste. You can make Biggest, so much money. You can make money. so much money. And that form of credibility outweighs the social proof of what school offers you. Like, but if you don't have that going on, I think you need that credibility. Otherwise you're one step behind society. Unless you're doing something that outputs value and you're that smart. So you say value, value over picking something? Just, as long as it has value. As long as, as, long as it has value. value. Yeah. Like if you got to base it off opportunity, like if you have an opportunity to do more without school, go for it. But if you don't have that infrastructure put in place, then you need some sort of support back to support systems. You need a support system. So you go to school. Now you have some knowledge, some skills, in some in some form of credibility that you're not dumb, and then you can go to an employer and tell them, "Hey, I have all these things, and I'm I, I can work for you and provide you some sort of value." That's one option. Option two is screw the four years, go on YouTube, learn everything yourself, and then go offer your services to someone as a contractor. Hey, I know how to do all these things. I have all these proofs. But in order to do that as well, you have to work for free. You need to provide things for free for people because no one's going to hire you without any sort of experience. That's that's quote on reality. So you have to go out to people and tell them, "Hey." I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for free for you. If you just let me prove myself, you go prove that to a reputable business. Then you have something to show off to people. If it's good work, if it's bad work, then you're back to square one until you improve. So like weigh your options, weigh your options and, and be realistic with where you fall in. I think, um, people criticize school a lot, but for some people, I think it's actually a really good option. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Fully, fully agree with that. But for, for, for you and me, man, I don't think we needed it. 
No, I mean, it, that's foundation. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's foundation. I, I see the value in that, but like, I always question myself. If, if I spent four years making YouTube videos, what? Where would you be now? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like where, which I always like ask myself that too. Like if, would you, would you prefer if someone gave you an option of going to four years, like right after high school, like either you can spend four years in high school, maybe guaranteed job, right when you come out, you might have to look for a while or spend four years making YouTube videos and building a platform and making like progressive money. You might not be incredibly famous like you think, but you might have a steady income. Like which so that comes up, do you, you pick? You have, to re, you have to understand who you are and what you're good at and be realistic. Like if you're a good looking dude or a good looking girl and you have a personality, you're going to fucking pop off on TikTok, YouTube, so whatever fast. the fuck, so fast. But if you have that going against you, you better have some sort of talent. You better be fucking funny. Comedy better, is, is so yeah, key. <laughs> like back to FusiTuber, Vitaly, they're not the best looking dudes in the world, but because their value add is, in, is extreme content, whether it's their crazy pranks or them like going batshit insane in front of everyone, that creates so much drama or so much excitement that people want to watch that. So it's not even about who this person is, it's about what they're doing that makes them fun. Yeah. Or your Charlie D'Amelio, where it's just so much fun watching her dance or blah, 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 that that value add is going to be there. But if you don't have that value add, then you should reconsider. Do you, um, no, that's true. Yeah. Like you gotta, you gotta stick with the idea. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have to know what you're good at. Because What's your X factor? Like, can you actually, can you actually be entertaining? You have to be very self-aware. Yeah. I'd say to be in social media, like incredibly self-aware because if you're not, you're going to get tossed around. Oh, for sure. So easily. Yeah, for sure. And like, you won't, nothing you, will pop off. Nothing will make sense to you. But yeah. like, I'm trying so hard, but because you're not aware of, you know, sometimes like you have to like outweigh everything, which, you know, sometimes it hits hard because you, yeah. you post a video and you're like, I hope it is good. Every YouTuber <laughs> posts a video and they're like, wow, that was complete trash. Yeah. <laughs> anyone I make, anyone I know who's making YouTube videos, they're just like, yeah, it's trash post, but the fans love it. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because you know, Charlie got canceled. Did we talk about that already? No, we talked about cancel culture, but we didn't talk about Charlie getting canceled. Yeah, she got canceled. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And then- well, That was blown up. It was so funny because she lost a million and then gained like three million. Yeah. Well, she's like a 16-year-old <laughs> kid, man. Like, I don't know if people were expecting. Or like, even the one, the thing with her sister, like puking to that snail or whatever. Like, I would have puked the snail as well. It just seems so gross. Yeah, I never had snail, but I just, I don't think- a snail going down my throat is the most appetizing thing. Yeah. You know? I think things are overblown so much. And what's her name? Who's the lady who fainted? She was wearing the, um, uh, the black lady with the, uh, I have no idea. She fainted on, um, I think it's Weena or something. I don't know. Some meme that happened. She kind of was like, Oh, oh. it's yeah. a Halloween costume. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No, I've <laughs> anyways, she has a talk show host. She was like completely destroying them. Yeah. For no reason. And then everyone's like, yo, what do you think of this? And I don't get it. Even Paris Hilton. I think she's so sick. Wait, is it Paris Hilton? Who's the person who always comments on everyone's um, TikToks? I have no idea. It's this one like actor who like comments on every single person's yeah, yeah. TikToks. And he's like, why are you guys doing this? Why are you wearing bikinis? Why are you dancing? That's him trying to get exposure. Yeah. And he he's so good at it, but he continually does it. And then, yeah, I don't know. The whole Charlie thing was a bit weird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this goes back to what I was saying, man. Like you're asking me about, about haters. Like Charlie's output is so high that it's only natural people are going to hate her. Like she probably has a lot of loyal fans, but there's like 10% that are always going to be jealous and think, well, why can't I do this? What is she, why is she so special? Blah, blah, blah. And they don't understand her value add. And therefore they're going to be jealous, hate. And then the first, the first slip up she has, they're going to come attack her. It wasn't even like 
her though, which was weird. Yeah, yeah. Everyone took Dixie and then they took when James said, um, like you should be happy with the ninety five million. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw it. I'm it's overblown because it's it's just a consequence of being big where you can't make one mistake and that's that's, yeah. that's 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 insane. It's ludicrous. You, you can't help people with that expectation. People, Everyone's people. We're people. Humans. Yeah, they're young kids. Just, yeah, and especially imagine being that. Imagine having a million to hundred million in less than a year, bro. I, I kudos to her and her sister for soaking up the pressure that they're soaking it up. I I don't know what I do in this situation either. Like that's crazy. That's so much pressure. It's so much because you're even myself. If I was just throw like imagine if I became like Joe Rogan overnight. Yeah, the, I would have to. Joe Rogan does his podcast so differently. Where he like he has a whole team sending him news articles, backing up his stuff, making sure everything's clean, making sure everything's like you know. Yeah. But I said one thing on a podcast, like it's just a minute ago, how I didn't know that girl's name. Yeah. Yeah, that's out of proportion. Gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're still people. No, it makes sense. It's crazy. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd have to. I'd honestly have to. Personally, what I, I even would do, even I slipped on man. Like I accidentally said the R word, right? And no, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Well, like. Well, that's that I caught all myself. I'm like, Oh my God. If I, if I said that, like if I kept talking, like I, I would have been canceled. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's so like fascinating to me because the only, the only people who I know who could actually help you with that are people who are in it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, that's another thing like where I've learned with Urba as well. Like we have a lot of really talented videographers and photographers, but when it comes to like, when it comes to creating full on ads where people are talking, there's so much more to it than just pressing record. You have to know how they speak. What words are they saying? What are the consequences of those words? How will people interpret those words? Blah, 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 blah. And that's stuff that's very tough to teach. It is. And back to like what I was saying, if I, if I became famous, the first person I talked to is Joe Rogan or just someone bigger in the industry. Oh, for sure. I'd be like, yo, you need to contact this guy. Cause right now <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Bro, I don't think any of us know what we're doing. We really don't. We just push an idea that we hope everyone loves. Dude, that's like going back to brands, man. Like, I love Nike's tagline. Just do it. My entire life has just been, just do it. Just do it. Just fucking do it, man. Just don't hold yourself back. I see it sometimes. It's, I don't know if you see it as much because like, maybe you do with business, mm -hmm. but in the influencer scene, so many people put so much um, criticism on themselves. Yeah. When opportunities come, they're almost afraid to take it because they don't think they're big enough or worth enough. Yeah. And my best advice to anyone in creative content is just do it. Yeah, I agree. And if it sucks, who cares? Move on. Keep doing it. There's a lot more opportunities. Like I look at the first pieces of like work that we created for clients. And man, if I, if I, if, if Mateo applied at Urba today, I would laugh at him. I kick him out. <laughs> I think he'd be, I think, oh, what a cute kid. Whereas yeah. like what we consider to be good now is probably good now. But I think Mateo three years from now with probably think the stuff we're doing now is mediocre as well. Right. Oh, yeah. You constantly be pushing the bar. But if you, the point is if you don't start there, you have no idea of how to keep growing your eye and keep growing your taste and your perspective on things. Yeah. Like this, you know, my first, my first two podcasts, I was like, dude, I'm so good at this. I love this. And you're, and dude, I, you're already ahead of like, I'd say like 99% of people, like the fact you're doing it means you already have a platform and now you just have to keep executing on it. Yeah. And that's, that's the only last thing to it. It's just, be consistent. Yeah. That's a, that's a key thing that you have to be just consistent. No, I, I admire this man. Like I, if I can, if, if I can even achieve a 1% of like what this is like, wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> so you, have, you have a really good thing going on here, man. And kudos to you. Like stuff like this is what makes Calgary cool. I appreciate that. Yeah. We've, I mean, it's crazy because I didn't realize this, but um, like all, whenever I post something on my story that clicks. Yeah. Almost like match. Yeah. My like views. And I'm like, yo, 
That's sick. It's insane because most, I think some, most people are looking, I think what I think is personally, most people are looking at my account as in like, oh, it's your size getting all these careers in Calgary that I knew nothing about. Yep. And every time we post them, I didn't know that. Yep. And it's giving so much exposure to so many other people that it's, it's fueling this idea of creation, mm-hmm. which is awesome because that's something that we really need. No, it's true. And it's, I think people like, at least with a place like Calgary, people mistake it as like a, as like a boring um, cowboy town, but it's like what you were telling me, man, there's so much happening. just no one's talking about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've it's... met some really cool people, man. I'm just like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> right. But like, it's crazy. Like me. Yeah. 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 And you like, it's, it's insane. The amount of conversations I've had on here from live streamers, to YouTubers, to TikTokers. I didn't realize we had a TikTok kind of like base in Calgary. No, for sure. I I did not know we had these big people in There's Calgary. There's that one kid, I can't remember his name. Like, um, he's like a 16 year old, 15 year old kid, really handsome. He's popping off on TikTok. So fast. And yeah. you're just like, you would think they're in LA. Yeah. That even happened to Daytree. Daytree went to Chinook and people were like, why are you in Calgary? Like, I thought you lived in LA. Yeah, yeah. But it's that it's that pre-notion in everyone's head that once you're big, you go to LA. You go to LA. Yeah. You know, I they, won't lie, Matt's where I want to end up. I don't know. The taxes are kind of <laughs> Yeah, taxes are <laughs> fucked now, but like <laughs> dual citizenship, man. Like that's all I'm saying. You have dual citizenship? No, not yet. Oh, not yet. I, I need to figure that out, man. Maybe find an American <laughs> wife or something, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean taxes right now i think it'd be a great experience to like it's like 38 percent in like the u.s if you make over 400 500k i thought it was like 70 damn i'm pretty sure do you I know what it is the taxes in cali no this is why you need a fact checker yeah yeah, real, yeah. <laughs> get someone in the back yeah Boom. yeah i know but they're high that's all no, I that's know. insane everyone who i keep hearing on social media is like i'm considering moving to texas <laughs> yeah, but you know what I see though, man. Like, I've never valued, um, I've never valued personal equity on money. I valued it based on um, experiences, opportunities, networking, as well as like infrastructure. And if it requires me to pay more money in taxes for me to have more opportunities to network with more cool people that maybe we're on the same page on, I'm going to pay that. So you see that you see the risk as a. I see the risk as like a, as an opportunity for personal growth. Yeah. Like, dude, you're only as strong as the reasons that you built for yourself. Like without, like Jonah without, sorry, Josiah without, um, a podcast studio, that's one less ability you don't have, but you building this infrastructure creates more personal equity for yourself. So even if the worst were to happen, you still have this podcast studio, you could wake up, boom, record, and you're back, you're back, Back you're back, you're back in the business. Same thing with us. Like if the worst were to happen, we have so much infrastructure now that, Life goes on. If coronavirus part two comes back, life goes on. Thinking about that, we're going into lockdown on Friday. Yeah, we might. No, I'm pretty sure it's... Well, did, did they announce it? Was it announced? You haven't heard? Yeah. No. But, well, I was told yesterday. Um, apparently, I was supposed to be like... Apparently, we were supposed to go in lockdown yesterday, but we're going lockdown on Friday. Okay. When this podcast comes out, either we'll be in lockdown <laughs> or we won't. That's one thing, man. Like... um. I feel lost. I feel bad for a lot of businesses that are going to get shut down because of lockdown. But I know it's <sighs> my perspective though. is like, we went through one lockdown and like I own, I own a, cause I own a business. Um, I was forced to learn. I was forced to adapt. And I thought to myself, what happens when there's a second lockdown? How do I prevent this happening again? And what I find kind of ridiculous is pe- businesses have had six to seven months to prepare for this moment and they've chosen to do nothing about it. That's ludicrous. Like, I have no problem saying that. Like with passes, for example, I am confident that business is going to survive with lockdown. 
because we thought about what happens if there's a, if there's a lockdown again. Irba, what happens if there's a lockdown day? Can we re, can we retain our staff? Can we keep paying them? Blah blah blah. What's our fail safe? How much money do we need in the bank in order to survive three, four, five months? It's ludicrous to me that business owners don't think this way. Yeah, no, it's like even the um, QR codes. Yeah, yeah, people are selling those for like six, seven hundred dollars. You can make it for twenty dollars online. Yeah, not even you could do it for free sometimes. All you have to yeah. do is stick the menu on it or the website link, and people are literally paying. Someone. That's bad use of money. That's terrible HR. That's terrible infrastructure, which leads to overspending on dumb things. Which leads to when there's like a lockdown, they spend their money on dumb things. Therefore, they have no money in the bank, and they they're gonna get killed. And they could have googled half that stuff oh for sure it's crazy and to add to that mental health is the whole idea of yo people are going crazy (laughs) i don't know if you've seen um i've seen some videos in the states where just people like they literally have people on the streets now looking for crazy people people who've gone mentally insane no i believe it man like this isn't like i know i'm taking a very hard stance on it but at the same time i feel bad for these people right their families depend the stuff like it's, there's no, like, there's no easy solution to anything. And like, I can't imagine. Yeah. It's ridiculous because honestly, you know, working out is a sign of mental, it's, it's yeah. a collective mental health, talking to people, also mental health. You know, you can't isolate, not everyone's built to be isolated. No, I, when I, when we were locked down, I was skipping rope in my office every day. I had to do something. I just had too much energy in my body and I needed to clear my head. Yeah, and, and then it comes down to, you know, gyms are closed. You can't even go to the gym to do that. Yeah, what do you do when the, you can't go for a run when it's like minus 20 out? Sure, you can, but that's that's a pretty unpleasant run. <laughs> Very. <laughs> it's not that fun. No, it's not. Whereas like, at least in March, it was like getting kind of warm. So it wasn't too bad. Yeah. But no, it's um, it's a bit of a pickle, but I've read that in uh, 2021, at least in Alberta, they'll be releasing close to 600,000 cases of the vaccine. I think 400,000 from... Uh, Pfizer, I think is that the, the company that just like dropped yeah. it a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 2021 will be good, but it just comes down to which people take the vaccine versus the ones that refuse not to, right? But oh, you need, you know you know those moms, right? Yeah. <laughs> schools are gonna have a heyday because I don't know if they make mandatory in schools. The amount of Facebook posts, posts yeah. that you're gonna about to find. Oh, for sure. Good marketing. Good marketing. Yep. <laughs> good way to stir up some trouble. No, for sure. And I mean that's. If people aren't taking the vaccine, then damn. Some people don't believe in it. Some people do. Yeah, I mean, like there's, no, there's no right or wrong answer, right? But yeah. Well, yeah. Anyways, want to end there? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. I'll have a part two. Okay. Come back. I love this energy. It's actually like awesome. No, dude, I, I'm, I'm anything you got, uh, what's it called with this podcast, man? Anything you guys, you guys need or like anything we can contribute, we're always down. Hey, that's what's up. I love yeah. that. Check out. Is it Mateo? Yeah. Yeah, Mateo. I went to Harvard. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, can I shout something? Yeah, shout out whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shout out Urba Calgary, Pasta Sloop YC, uh, Pasta Sloot's, um chef-driven comfort food that we're releasing out of Ghost Kitchen. We're delivering off DoorDash, Skip, Uber Eats. Um, and we're, we have some really good stuff. Uh, if you really like pasta, we, I like our Paul Lounge. It's a really good bolognese. Um, Facetune with uh, some truffle oil, some prosciutto. Holy fuck, it's so good. Like, I, I, I go nuts over it. I have to give you a coupon code as well, man. Go for that truffle. Dude, you got to try it. It's so good. I got to. Yeah, yeah. It's better you guys don't come out here. <laughs> Bro, I'll deliver it to your house. You personally? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's... I think for part two, but dude, on a, if we can do it after four o'clock Wednesday to Sunday, I can bring past the suit. We'll do it. That's the plan. Yeah. Wednesday, Sunday. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Thank you for coming on. Bro, thanks for having me, man. 
This an actual is, pleasure. This is actually a fun podcast. Yeah, yeah. Looking, I was no, really dude, you're actually really good at this. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Cool. But anyways, check him out. Buy his pasta. And watch, watch, keep watching boring podcasts. This fucking thing is the best thing in Calgary. Uh, I don't think anyone's killing the podcast games. Like, I don't think anyone's killing the podcast game in the same way that boring podcast is. So keep subscribing, keep watching. And yeah, shout out, shout out Josiah. <laughs> Josiah's boring life. Uh, bye. <laughs>